Welcome to our podcast. Let's talk with Dennis Martin, where we talk about real life issues. Let's join the podcast. I want to talk to you tonight on how to deal with the season of struggle, how to deal with the season of struggle. And I'm going to be sharing this with you tonight. And let's read scripture tonight uh, here in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse uh, number one is where we want to begin reading. And we'll read a few of the following verses uh, tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter three, and uh, we want to deal with verse, start at verse number one, and we're going to talk about how to deal with the season of struggle. Notice, as we read tonight, he says, to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's a time to pluck up that which is planted. There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal. A time to break down. A time to build up. A time to weep. A time to laugh. A time to mourn. And a time to dance. A time to cast away stones. And a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace. And a time to refrain from embracing. There is a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And so tonight, as we look at this, I want to read that uh, just a little different of the way the today's modern church would love to read Ecclesiastes chapter three. I think they would read it a little different. The modern church, the modern teachers, and those that are here today, uh, I think they would probably read it totally different from what we just read that has been here before we got here. I think most would take away uh, because, you know, one thing about uh, being in, in church and different things, no one likes to deal with anything that they uh, would look at and think is something negative. Therefore, they rather just deal with those things that are positive and speak all positive things. And everything that you speak doesn't have to necessarily be negative. But I think the way they and uh, would read the word totally different from the way it's written here. Let's read it today the way that uh, the modern church would probably read this particular verse. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to plant, a time to heal, a time to build up, a time to laugh, a time to dance, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to get, a time to keep, a time to rend, a time to speak, a time to love, a time of peace. Now, if you notice what I did in reading the way we probably would read it today in our modern church and in our church society today, that wants to eliminate anything that may have a negative vibe. I have eliminated in that reading everything that's negative here in Ecclesiastes chapter three. I've eliminated everything that seems to be negative. So now they would uh, hate for us to put and read the negative part. Well, let's read it the other way that we try to keep away from. And that is, when you look at this, it says everything, there's a season, time to every purpose under the heavens, a time to die, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to break down, a time to weep, a time to mourn, a time to cast away stones, a time 
to refrain from embracing, a time to lose, a time to cast away, a time to uh, sow, or a time to keep silent, a time to hate, a time of war. And so what we do sometimes is we try to eliminate what we don't like in the scripture, what we don't like necessarily in the Bible. We try to eliminate it by not talking about it or by saying, well, we're going to, uh, you know, that was this time or that time. So we're going to take this out and we're going to take that away. So we try our best to eliminate everything that's negative. But I want to share with you tonight that all of us, and, and, and I do mean all of us, when we look at this, all of us, as, as we have natural seasons, we also have things that happen spiritually. In the natural, of course, we've got uh, spring, you got summer, you got fall, you got winter, and uh, all of us have experienced those seasons, whether we like them or not. I don't care how much you don't like a season naturally, it still happens. I don't care how much you you dis, you just say, I hate it, it still happens. Like uh, today in the ATL and all over the country, just watch the news, it's hot everywhere, and it's so hot today, I had to look and see, is my air conditioning working? So that it, it can't be working because this this heat is is something else, but it's just hot everywhere. And they're saying it's going to be hot numbers for the summer. And as much as you don't like that, it's still going to happen. As much as you may not agree with the temperature, it's still going to happen. And uh, there's not a lot you can do about it, but adjust your air or do the things you need to do. So no matter if you like, if you don't like spring, summer, fall or winter, whatever ones you like or don't like, they still come. And all of us have experienced seasons of success as well as seasons of struggle. And uh, where we miss it is we often hear of the seasons of success. We seem to highlight, and I, and I say that tonight, and I want to teach balance tonight. We often hear about the seasons of success, and we highlight the success stories in church, in ministry, in our lives. Uh, we're quick to put emphasis on the highlights of our success. We Everyone likes to talk about the successful things that they've done, the successful things that they're doing, and they highlight the successful things. No one is exempt. And uh, when it comes to the season of struggle, we have to understand we've got seasons of success and we've got a season that may be a season that we deal with with struggle. And nobody, and I mean nobody, bypasses the seasons of struggle. Even if they're successful now, they've had seasons of struggle and nobody bypasses the seasons of struggle. We want to jump to success and we've, as though we've never been through and no storms, no winds, no rains, no tornadoes, no hurricanes. Everyone likes to highlight the success story. And it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. But my purpose tonight in sharing with you, and I don't expect a lot of amens tonight because people don't like to hear this other side of this balance, but God has promised and God has purpose for us, not always allowing us to be fruitful all the time. Now you got to understand God wants us fruitful, but he has a reason. There's a purpose that God doesn't allow us to be fruitful all the time, all the time. Sometimes people, we've been, we've been, uh, put in a place that I don't think to me personally is a good place because we've taught people about the success, but we've never taught them about the struggle. And we've never taught them that sometimes you may hit a period in your life where you may not be as fruitful as you think you should be. There's some times it's like growing fruit. Uh, naturally, 
All fruit does not grow all year. There's some fruits that grow. Uh, you can eat fruit all year, but it just don't taste right. Uh, I like uh, in uh, late August and late July and August, I like my grandmother turned me on to these years ago, muscadines. And uh, the, you only get those once a year. And you, when you go in the store, you find them, they hit at the right time. And if you get them at the right time, oh my God, those things are wonderful, but you can't get them all year. And then once you have had them and they, even though they may still be in the store and they start going out of season, when you eat them, they don't taste the same. They don't have the same pop to it. And so you got to understand that sometimes God has a purpose for us not always enjoying a fruitful time all the time. And I need you to get that because sometimes people in church will make you feel bad and, and they'll say stuff, uh, buzzwords and stuff that, that, that can get you going and they'll tell you that you are, you're living beneath your privilege and different things, but you got to understand God has a purpose and all of us can testify whether you want to or not. You can testify that we've had some seasons that it wasn't as fruitful as we thought it should be, and it wasn't as fruitful as it, it, it was for others. And so he sins sometimes and allows, should I say, the seasons of struggle in our lives as well as seasons of success. And I want you to get that. that we got to deal with the whole picture the same way he did in Ecclesiastes, he said, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. You can't, you can't get rid of just, uh, you can't just enjoy the birth. Sometimes people die. And he says, there's a season for that. There, there's a season that that happens. And so when we start talking about success and, and, and struggle, God allows seasons of struggle sometimes, and he allows periods and seasons of success. And everybody, no matter who they are, no matter how big they are, ministry-wise, business-wise, or whatever, has experienced a season of success and a season of struggle. And anybody that tells you differently, they're not being totally honest with you, all right? Because they've had those seasons of success and struggle. So let's, let's, let's deal with this. And uh, so God deals, does this. Sometimes God does this and he deals with us because he understands. And, and sometimes where we make our mistakes at is we uh, think we can pray away a season of struggle, but you can't. You can't pray away a season of struggle if God has allowed it. We know all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So you cannot uh, pray away sometimes what may be a season of struggle. You can go through the prayer line. They can lay hands on you. They can grease you down until you are soaked. But if God has allowed it to be, you cannot get past that. You can't pray that away. Why is it that you can't pray it away? I'm glad you asked. One reason is the season of struggle balances out the seasons of success. I'm say that again. God allows the seasons of struggle to balance out the season of success as well as the season of success to balance out the season of struggle. They balance each other out. The season of struggle and the season of success, they balance each other out. And God allows that so you can have a balanced life when it comes to the season of success and the season of struggle. I hope you're getting this tonight. I'm not going to be long, but that season of struggle balances out the season of success and the season of success balances out the season of struggle. Why does God allow this? Why does God permit this to take place? Well, God uses, watch this, the season of struggle 
And I need you to get this tonight. God uses the seasons of struggle to destroy the pride that we have in our own ability. Let that marinate. Let it rest right there. God allows sometimes us to go through struggles. And, and you know, when we hear struggle, everybody thinks immediately about money and finances and cars. Uh, a season of struggle could be way more than that because there are people that got money and they're still struggling. There are folk that got all, they got all the houses and they still got a struggle going on, whether it's emotionally or whether it's mentally or whatever is going on, they still got to struggle. But sometimes God has to use the season of struggle to destroy the pride we have in our ability to do. Because sometimes we start depending on us. That's what he did with Gideon. He reduced him down to let him know, I got this now. And sometimes God has to do it to get us away from our dependent upon ourselves and not upon God. We get so dependent upon what we can do and how we can do. We get dependent upon, watch this, that we've got degrees and we've got this and I've got this and I've got the other. And God is saying, all right, that's good, but I need you to understand that I allow some things to come that the knowledge you have, even with a degree or without a degree, you are not able to come out of certain things until I give you instructions how to come out or until I give you the way to come out. So understand that he allows us to go through these things. And, and notice in uh, Job chapter 33 and verse number 17, uh, he, he, well, let's look at verse 16 because he said, then he opened up the ears of men and sealed their instructions that he may withdraw man from his purpose. Listen at this, that he may withdraw man from his purpose. Sometimes God allow things to happen to withdraw us from our purpose, stuff that we were planning on doing, stuff that we were bent on doing, stuff that we were going to try to make happen, even if God didn't uh, sanction it or didn't, didn't say that that's what he wanted. We were going to make it happen. Why? Because we had the money, we had the resources, we had whatever it took to get it done. And then God let something happen and, and you didn't have the, the resources, the other money to get it done. And God says, sometimes I do that to withdraw man from his purpose. I need to get him away from what he wants to do. Sometimes that's how God operates. He, he withdraws us from our purpose. I'm talking to somebody tonight. Listen at me. He withdraws us from our purpose and watch what he does and hide pride from man. He says, not only do I withdraw them from their purpose, but I do it to hide pride from them because, you know, a pride goes before destruction. Some of us, we can get proud of what we're doing, proud of the fact that we've accomplished this, proud of the fact that we've done this and we've done the other. And sometimes God said, I've got to remove pride from you because pride, and I've shared this with you many times. I know we've said it uh, years ago, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. I got that. But whenever you read the Bible, no time when you read the scripture, do when you read the word proud or pride, never in the scripture is it, is it uh, looked upon in a positive way. Every time you read it, it's, it's described in a derogatory way, which means it's not a good thing. Pride go before destruction, the heart of spirit before fall. Amen. Uh, a man's pride shall bring him low. And so God says, I've got to remove pride from man. Too many uh, want to do my work and do my purpose, but they're proud. So I'll allow seasons to come that will hide, hide you and remove you from your purpose. Then I'll do some things that will hide pride from man. And all of us have been there when God has, has broke our pride, our being so proud down that he broke us where we were not able to do anything but depend on him. And that's his purpose. So we can lean and depend on him. God wants us to trust him. 
He wants us to believe him. So how we deal with the season of struggle is to understand that God sometimes allows it and we've got to know what his purpose is for what he's doing. Uh, I know somebody would say, no, 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 God allows it. Well, if we don't believe that, we need to stop preaching about Job. We need to stop, we need to stop preaching about a lot of stuff if we don't believe that some things God has allowed to happen. And here he says, I did it for the purpose to remove man, withdraw man from his purpose, and then not only withdraw man from his purpose, but to hide pride from man. I'm here to tell you, God don't want us living in, in that way of being too proud. So what does he do? God does some things. And here's another thing God does. Let's look at this in First um, Corinthians uh, chapter number one. Let's look at that because I think this is very important uh, to get this. First uh, Corinthians chapter one. And let's look at verse uh, number 20. Uh, well, let's look at verse uh, number 23. Let's start there because I think that's important for us to start and get this foundation so we'll know that Pastor Martin just not talking off the top of his head and trying to go against what, you know, what we've been taught and stuff. No, trying to preach some balance so we'll know how to deal with some things when we have to deal with a season that may have a little struggle with it. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jew, Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Notice, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and because the weakness of God is stronger than men. I don't want to dwell on that, but think about what I just read. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, no matter how smart we think we are. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, nor many mighty, nor many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Well, why did he do that? And the base things of the world... And the things which are despised have God chosen, though and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Well, why did you do all that? Why, why did you allow that to happen? What was your purpose, God, for doing that? Here he states in verse 29 what his purpose was. That no flesh should glory in his presence. In other words, God doesn't like us stealing his glory. So sometimes he allowed things to happen that we have no control over so we can turn back to him and give him the glory that's due him. Because we have to admit, sometimes we, we get caught up in ourselves. We get caught up in our educations. We get caught up in uh all the stuff we have accomplished, all the stuff we got, all the years, we, we just we just get we we get caught up. And when we get caught up, I'm talking to preachers and everybody, when we get caught up, sometimes God has to bring you back to the place that he once had you. That's why when he he told um uh I think it was Saul, he said to him, uh, when you were little in your own eyes. That's when I anointed you. When, when you. when you didn't walk in pride and, and walk in, in this other stuff, that's when I anointed you. But now we feel we can do it without God. We feel we've got, we've got enough education. We've got enough. Uh, we feel we've got enough education. We've got enough everything that we can do this totally without God. We feel we've studied enough. We we got enough to to put a message together and to to put the right play, uh, pieces of the puzzle there. And we feel we've got enough that we can do this without God. I I, I just flow. 
And sometimes we are flowing, but we're flowing without an anointing or glory because of the fact that we have, um, you know, we, we got caught up and we might as well admit it. And, and I know that's not a popular subject and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with it not being popular. I, I, I didn't get in ministry to be popular. I really did. Uh, then notice in, in second, uh, Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to get with how to deal with this, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to show you sometimes why God may allow seasons of struggle. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, one excuse me, Paul says, it's not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to the vision and the revelation of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth such a one that was caught up to the third heaven. Uh, listen at what he said. He said he was caught up to the third heaven. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man was in the body, out of the body I cannot tell God knoweth, how that he was caught up unto paradise. Listen at this. And heard unspeakable words which was not even lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. I thought I would desire to glory. I should not be a fool. Listen to what he says. He said, I, I thought to glory. I thought to even to pat myself on the back and let people know how wonderful I was. I thought about doing it. Oh, listen at him. Listen at him. He said, I thought I would desire the glory, but I shall not be a fool. I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be or that he hear from me. He said, I don't even want people to put me on that type of pedestal if I go to giving them the revelation. You know how we are. I got a revelation ain't nobody got. And, and we want people to, uh, and he said, no, I don't want to do that. I, I, don't want, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get to that place. He says, and, and, and verse seven, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Which means we, we can be exalted higher than we should. We can allow people to do it. I won't get into that tonight. He said, for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. I had this thing going on. It was a struggle going on. And I, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And the only thing he said to me is my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. He said, most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. In mine infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. In other words, he was really saying to us, you got to understand that you'll have sometimes. He said, I dealt with it. And I and all the writings y'all been reading what I did, I dealt with reproaches, necessities, persecution, distresses, for Christ's sake. He said, I prayed that this thing would move and God just seemed like he, he wasn't doing it. And so there's times you may have some seasons of struggle. And again, it may not just, it, it's not always about money and material things. And so you, you have to deal with that. Let's read another script and then I'll get into uh, what I may consider the good part. Let's look in the Old Testament in Exodus there at chapter 13. And let's look at uh, verse number 17 and verse number 18. Um, Exodus, uh, all right, Exodus chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. It's Exodus 13. <laughs> I'm looking at him like, that ain't right. Exodus 13, uh, and um, yeah, Exodus 13 and verse 17 
and 18. All right, got it right then. Exodus 13, verse 17 and 18. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. For God said, let's preadventure that the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. So God says, I could, I could take them the near way. I could take them the quick route. But what I'm going to do is take them the long way, which is through the way of the wilderness. Look at verse 18. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel were, went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. God took them. Uh, he could have took them a closer route, but he took them through the wilderness. And so, in other words, what I'm saying to you is sometimes we experience uh, we experience those type of things. We experience where we have um, seasons of struggle that God leads us certain ways, and the struggle may not be it, it may not be to destroy you or to kill you, but it could be to keep you away from something. Could be to move you away from something that could be destructive and he allowed it to come and, and you get caught up there and you don't uh, pursue or go in the area that you thought you were going. So now listen what he said. He says, God led them the near way. And so let's look at this uh, then in Deuteronomy chapter eight. And I won't read the whole thing. I want you to uh, jot that down. Deuteronomy chapter eight and, um, you can you can read it for yourself, and uh, let's let me get to the part that I want to get to. I want to don't want to read the whole thing. Um, let me find Deuteronomy chapter eight. If you start at verse one, uh, he talked about uh, going in and them remembering, and he talked about them being in the wilderness and how he had blessed them in the wilderness. But when he goes through this, he says, the one thing that I needed to do while you were in the wilderness is I needed to prove you. I needed to prove you. That's what I needed to do. I needed to prove you. And if you read this whole thing, he begins to talk to them about remembering what he did for them in the wilderness and uh, remembering how things were done. And notice, uh, matter of fact, this is, verse three is what I want to read to you. Deuteronomy, and, and, and you can read from verse one to verse number 20, but verse number three is what I want to read to you uh, tonight. And he, hum and he humbled thee and suffered thee, listen at this, to hunger. And he fed thee with manna, and which thou knew of not, neither did thy fathers know, that he may make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He said, God did these things that he may remember, prove thee. He wanted to know what was in your heart. What would you say? Sometimes in the good times, we say a lot of good stuff when things are going good. But sometimes in seasons of struggle, we don't have the same praise. We don't have the same attitude. We don't have the same disposition. We don't talk the same. And so sometimes in that, God's trying to see exactly where you are and where I am. Because everyone praises when they got money in the bank account. Everyone dances and all that. Matter of fact, let's, I, I see again, let's, verse two, let me read that. I read verse three, but let's read verse two. And thou shall remember all the ways that the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years, listen at this, in the wilderness to humble thee. He did it to humble thee, that, that season, to humble thee, to prove thee. He said, I needed to prove you to know what was in your heart. Listen at what he says. He said, I allowed some things to happen because I need to know where you are. I ain't talking about dancing and shouting and speaking in tongues, 
because you got all the bills paid and you got all the money. I'm trying to see where you are when those things are not taking place, when there's no flow going on. I'm trying to see if you'll still love me and trying to see where you still be in church. I'm trying to see where you still act the same way that you're acting now when everything's going good. So you have to learn to deal with it. Sometimes you got to learn to deal with struggle the same way we have to learn to deal with everything else. And so let me share with you tonight in uh, in coming to a, a conclusion, you've got to learn to, he says in Philippians chapter four, let's look at that and verse number 11, Philippians chapter four and verse number 11. He says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. That's not to be comfortable or dissatisfied, but you learn to make adjustments to what's going on around you and in your life, and you learn to move and be adjustable, that you can deal with things the same way you deal with weather. Uh, you make adjustments. If it's rainy, you get umbrella. If it's if it's hot, you turn on the air. Uh, you know, whatever's coming, you make adjustments that you'll be able to flow through that period of time because you know it's not going to rain all day or all night, or you know it's not going to rain for the whole week like 24-7. So you, you, when you go out, you make adjustments to get to the car. You make adjustments if it's, if it's hot in the car. You, you go out and you put the air conditioning on. If it's cold outside, you heat the inside of the car up. You make adjustments to go through the negative weather or whatever you consider negative. You go through that to do that. Why? Because now you are dealing with that season that you just make adjustments. So we have to learn how to make adjustments. Let me hurry on. Let me get through with this. I want to tell you struggle is the balance of life. Struggle helps to balance out our lives with success and struggle. It does not mean that because you've got a season that you may hit a struggle that you're going to struggle all the time. Don't get that in your mind. Don't let your struggle take over your mind and spirit and make you feel I'm going to be struggling all my life. Don't say that. You're not going to be struggling. You, We all going to hit some periods of struggle, but you won't be struggling all your life. And, and again, let, let's understand we're not just talking about money because I need you to get that, that it's not just about the physical thing. So you won't be struggling all your life. So it doesn't mean that. And then it helps you. Uh, sometimes what struggling does, it is helps you when you get to the season of success and you see others struggling. It helps you not to look down on others that are struggling because you understand the struggle. Because sometimes people get to the top and they act like they've never been at the bottom. They get to the top and act like they've never seen the bottom. And some people have been on the top so long, they forget what the bottom even feels like. That's why when people start saying, y'all need to stop hanging with um, uh, whatever they say, chickens and eagles and birds and whatever. And, and, and you know, they start saying, uh, and the church, we really preach division, whether we believe it or not. And they start saying, you know, you got to hang with, if, if you know, billionaires and, and millionaires. But now I've always said to you, uh, there's some millionaires don't let, uh, uh, there's some billionaires don't let millionaires hang with them at all because they feel you're not on their same level. And we preach this division because now let's let's deal with the truth of struggle and the season of struggle, no matter where you are today in ministry, in business, or whatever's going on that you are successful in. Let's be honest. You did not start at success. You didn't. I didn't. Nobody did. You didn't start at success. I know you're successful now and you got you making six figures. I know you're successful now and you got a thousand members. I know you're successful now. You got 5,000. I know you're successful now. You got 20,000 members. You didn't start with 20,000. You didn't start with a thousand. Some of you start in your living room 
And if you be honest, through the pandemic and other things, sometimes you've lost numbers because you hit a season of struggle. And we have to be honest and it'll help us not to look down on other people that hit a struggle because we understand what struggling feels like. You, you don't understand until something happens. And, and a lot of times we don't get it. And if you haven't, if you forget where you came from and forget that you start looking down on other people, you are not always able to wear red bottom shoes. Let's talk about when you had to put cardboard in the shoe because it had holes in it. Let's talk about the one suit in the closet that you wore and just changed shirt and ties. Let's talk about the hat that you wore that you just fix it up a different way so it looked like something different. Let's talk about you when you didn't have, were not able to wear stockings or whatever. Let's just deal with the struggle. So if you understand and been through the struggle and now you are successful, then your job should be trying to not draw disciples to yourself so I can have a flock of people flocking to me and serving me. It should be trying to help other people teach them how you navigate it with the help of God through your season of struggle and how you made it. It's not for you to look down on other people. That's why sometimes every now and then God shake us to the core so we can understand that don't ever forget that you could be one doctor visit away. Lord, I can't get nobody. You can be one doctor visit away from a life-changing experience. We, we got to know that. And so he never allows us. So when we go through seasons of struggle and then we get to seasons of success, we should know how to deal with people because we've been there. We've been there. All right. Let me let me close with this and share a, a little personal thing. Uh, me and Lady Martin, we've not always had a house, a car, money to enjoy life. We had some struggles and I ain't going to sit up here and tell you, Woo! And you know, some somebody sometimes you dress and be like, man, Pastor Martin, you you raise a shop, you clean. Ooh, go uh, Pastor Martin, you clean. Don't don't let none of that fool you. We had some seasons of struggle. We enjoyed some seasons of success also. But we had some seasons of struggle that we 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 didn't have no house. We we lived we uh both of my children were born in in living with my uncle at, at my uncle's house. Then God allowed us to move out of there and then allowed us to buy a house. So that was a season of struggle. Uh we we didn't have cars and and stuff like that. We were driving somebody else's car. There were times we didn't have money. Seasons of struggle. That's right. Seasons of struggle. And we and we had to deal with it. Uh, I never forget one season of struggle. I never forget how we laughed about all the time. In Sacramento, California, we were there. And uh, when we traveled with my uncle, we did, uh, you know, we got paid at the end of the meeting. My uncle actually paid us. We were on salary. And uh, we were in the revival, and I think uh, Lena was born, I believe, and we didn't have um, money. We had, you know, we would save our change and stuff, so we were saving change and stuff. And I'll never forget, we didn't have no money to, to get uh, get nothing to eat or whatever. And uh, we, we went and got all that change. We had, we had penny wrappers, wrapped them pennies up and wrapped that money up, and we took it around to the office and uh, they they accepted those pennies and that and gave us some money from what we took around. I forgot how much it was, and what what we had to do. We had enough to go uh, that day to the soda machine and get a soda. I don't even like cokes. I think we got a coke. We went to the soda machine, got a coke, and we got a pack of peanut butter cookies. I never forgot that six in a pack. She ate three, I ate three, and we split the drink. 
Sacramento, <laughs> that she is. She said the Sacramento, California. I ain't going to never forget that. Never. And so when when time came and the Lord blessed me to, to do things and be successful in different areas and 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 have money and stuff, and, and I saw people that may be struggling or whatever, I, I had no problem with helping them out because I've been on that end of struggling. I know what it felt like. And when you have season of struggle, that's how you have to deal with it. You, you, you deal with it and you go through it, but you have to be able to come out of it better than you went in. So I will never forget that. That was, oh my God, that was, that was a time that we was like, really? <laughs> but we were just as happy eating them peanut butter cookies. We, we ate them and we were just as happy with eating them. So when y'all start talking about, you know, uh, things like that, I'm telling you, I can talk about this subject because I've been through it. I didn't have, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. No, I had some struggles. So when you see me, you know, preaching and stuff, I had to struggle to get to some of these places. And so you have to understand he gives you seasons of struggle. What it did, it made me to appreciate where I am now. And the older I get, the more I appreciate it because it helps you to do that. So you, you, you understand that you don't, you never forget that. And that's why I don't, I don't look down on people like that, you know, cause I, I understand where they are. I've been there, <laughs> been there, done that one. Got to get out of here. Y'all uh, understand how you deal with it. The season of struggle does not last always. So don't get it locked in is that I'm going to be doing this all the time. No, it, it moves. And, and sometimes you get where it looks like it's just, Oh my God, everything's going your way. Then every now and then you hit another season of struggle. Then you come back out, but that's God's way. God has a purpose for doing what he does and what he allows. And, um, if you could really see and know, uh, sometimes you would understand that you're not as bad off as you think you are or as it seems. Because here's the thing, even in your season of struggle, God's still taking care of you. What you think is struggle, God's still providing. God said, I made a way for y'all even when y'all was, even when you were hungry, I still provided for you. So in the season of struggle, what do you do in your seasons of struggle? Depend on God. Trust him the same way you did before. Trust him the same way you do is, is if you trust in him with everything. Trust God and watch God do it. And you got to learn to do that. You got to learn to trust him. It's, it's difficult sometimes. But you got to press and trust him anyway. You got to believe that God's got me. And I'm going to have to trust him in spite of. You're going to always have to do it. So when you hit that season of struggle, find out and ask God, what is the purpose? Are you teaching me something? And if you are, help me to learn the lesson of this. All right. Now, here's another thing. And I'm through. This is my last thing. There is a difference between admitting a claiming struggle than it is to acknowledge struggle. Sometimes, you know, you know, people don't do that. You admitting, don't claim it. No, I acknowledge that I'm not getting everything and I'm not everything out of this that I should. But I also acknowledge that God's in control and he's got my back because we don't want to, we don't want to deal with nothing that we think that's negative. I ain't going to say that. You know, if my foot is hurting, I ain't no need to be telling myself it don't hurt. It does hurt. If my back is hurting, I don't sit up and be like, I pray over it. If my back goes hurt, I pray. But I don't get up and be like, oh, my back ain't hurting. Yes, it is. 
is hurting, but God's able to heal it. God's able to touch it. You got to have an attitude like that. And because people have you feeling bad because you you acknowledge a thing that's going on. Sometimes, you know, uh, you may not have all the money you want. I don't have all the money I need, but God's going to give it to me. That that's That's how you talk. But, you know, people have you all been out of shape because they... You just got to talk faith. You got to talk faith. You got to say it. And and sometimes the people that are saying it, if you go behind the scene, they behind the scene crying while they're having you talking all the faith. Yeah, I said that. They behind the scene crying with things happening. But when they come to you, they make you feel bad because you ain't talking faith. Uh, really? All right, I'm going to leave it alone because I'm about to get in trouble. <laughs> and I don't want to do that tonight. I don't want to do that tonight. I'm going to leave that alone. I, I just want to just wanna make sure y'all understand, you know, that that you're going to have seasons of struggle. We're we going to have those seasons. But don't allow yourself, you know. Uh, you know, people talk about Bishop Jakes and he's successful at what he has done, ministry and other ventures. But he's the first one to tell you when he was in Virginia, uh, he was doing woman thou loose when he was in Virginia, picking folk and he was picking them up in the church van and couldn't get 40 women to the meeting. But he hit a season of success and blessing from God and God did the rest. But he admits and says to you, I have not always been here. I've been there too. So that's how we have to be able to deal with the seasons of struggle and help people because we need to be able to help people to understand that all of us have been there in that time of season of struggle. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's podcast with Dennis L. Martin Sr. If you would like to donate to the podcast with the Cash App, the dollar sign DLMSR. Have an awesome day.